Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. I hope you've uh, rewarded your pals recently as they've worked very hard <laughs> to craft oh, man. all the things. We're just jumping straight into this, eh? <laughs> I don't know. I... You know what? Honestly, like uh, we could talk about pals all day, but like I'm I'm most curious about because you've got this thing in here. So you've been playing this game called Sea of Thieves. Correct. Like, what is that? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I so I felt really bad because I mean, like I've just been playing a lot of these like uh, not so much new things, but I've been playing a lot of like these the games as a service stuff. Like I've been playing a lot of DVD and Sea of Thieves and Hearthstone. I'm like, man, I'm not bringing anything new the gamers in so i felt really bad the only thing i played this week is sea of thieves but at the same time they just did a huge new like quality of life update and i made a guild for gamers in so i'm like you know what screw it i'm talking about it this week there's nothing out right now that i'm super stoked about so this is what i'm playing deal with it <laughs> but if you want to talk about pal world because i haven't actually checked this out i kind of like shrugged it off as like something I wasn't really interested in anyway because it's like I, I don't know just their base Pokemon with guns concept <laughs> isn't something and I know I'm I'm like gonna be upsetting people even by invoking the name of Pokemon in my description but come on uh so like <laughs> but just the the whole idea uh behind the concept of the game I'm just kind of like meh not my thing so uh anyway yeah I didn't really pay it much mind and now the entire internet's gone wild. So I haven't played it. I should could just caveat on the whole conversation. I didn't intend to play it. Still don't intend to play it. It doesn't look like my thing, but a whole lot of other people are playing it, including you, Ryan. So let's start with that, and then I can okay. give it a Sea of Thieves update uh, in a little bit. <laughs> I tried. I tried to throw it to Sea of Thieves because I was curious uh, that... The folks at we'll home, get you'll, there. we'll get you'll, there. You'll get there. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it. There's some stuff written down that is very interesting, but we'll get to it. So, uh, Pal World, um, like you, I had no intention of playing this one. I thought this looks like a crafting survival game, and I, uh, look, I don't hate many things when it comes to video games. I think it's been well documented on this show that I love a lot of stuff. You'll about pretty much play or at least try everything. Yes. <laughs> and you won't give up on it, even when it's not your thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, here, this is the thing. I don't like crafting and survival games. I have three or four days left on my game pass. And I thought, this is perfect. I can try this game, and then I'll be forced to stop because my Game Pass subscription will be up. Uh, <laughs> if Even if I don't like it, as you said, like I guess I keep playing games even if I... I like to get to a point of conclusion, even if it's not the end of the game. Maybe it's like, I've put 10 hours in. I talked about it on the show. I'm good to put this down. Yeah. Um, but uh, it came up in Discord. Uh, uh, there was a launch trailer, and it's like, Ryan needs to play this so we can determine what this is and of course the whole internet played it so now everybody knows what it is uh and now they want to know our thoughts on it and i know like even though you haven't played it jocelyn it would be very tough to be on the internet this these past five days and not learn a thing or two about pal world <laughs> see but the great thing is i'm just not on the internet anymore i'm too busy <laughs> That's the way to do it. I feel like right. There, you've missed a lot of dialogue, but honestly, how much of it 
is like there uh, okay so like one thing i saw that was really interesting was uh so uh, for everyone at home pal world i mean pal world is this survival crafting game and has some pokemon elements with like pals which are the monsters that you capture and battle with and stuff that's kind of the I don't want to say like the extent of the comparison, like the way that you battle is in Pal World is different. Like it, it's yeah. not mechanically the same as Pokemon. Basically, the comparisons are coming from a little bit of the character design and then um, just the idea that you there's a whole bunch of them and you collect them. Right. Yeah. So like it's it's not actually like it's not a Pokemon game if that's what you're looking for. Um, it's it is something different in that respect in a in a game mechanic perspective. It's different. Yeah, I think there's a lot to the game that makes it very different from like playing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, you know, but the similarities that are there, obviously, in the PAL system with all the different monsters that you can collect. But uh, there's also similarities in terms of how you battle and capture them. You you whittle down their health until they're very low and the lower their health, the higher chance you're going to catch them with your pal spheres, not a pokeball, a pal sphere. Okay. I was, you had me up until pal sphere. Cause I was going to say, yeah, but that's pretty much the same. Like world of Warcraft uses the same system. Like you can't just walk up to something and, and collect it. Like you have to actually, you know, do bad. And I, I would say like, Warcraft and their um, battle pet system is probably closer to Pokemon because you actually like you have to do that same mechanic of battling them and wearing them down. But it's turn based each different like there's types that follow like the same sort of like, yeah, strengths and weaknesses as Pokemon, except they're called different things. And then or some of them are different things. They're still like fire, water, whatever. Um, and then in Warcraft, they each have three abilities <laughs> and you have those three abilities that you do. And the abilities have types of their own that can be the same are often the same, but can also be different than the base creature that you're battling with. So like if anything, I'd say like Warcraft <laughs> Blizzard should be worried about Nintendo because it is literally <laughs> just Pokemon in Warcraft. <laughs> it is. I mean, in that sense, those assets are very much world of warcraft assets right well yeah like the, and that's the, the thing and i think that's what the what the where the comparison is like mechanically from a game perspective battle pets in warcraft is very 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 close to pokemon however character character design fits the warcraft universe so the creatures that you're battling with don't look anything like pokemon yeah. they look like critters and like characters and stuff from world of warcraft so you know, like that kind of, I think, is what I find interesting about this whole controversy is like, are you more mad about the thing you do in the game or the way your game looks? And that's kind of like, because if you ever have a game that looks and works exactly the same as another game, that's a very clear cut. Like, this is a copy, <laughs> you know, like, cease and desist. <laughs> but when you're like quote-unquote inspired by or like you know like are the the th the parts of your game that are inspired by another game like where do you draw that line and what do you find more upsetting as a player if two games look similar or if two games work sim in similar fashion you know so i like i do find the whole conversation very interesting yeah yeah i'm in the same boat i i find the conversation interesting i see and have certainly heard from both sides. And, and, and the fact is, like, I'm not a lawyer. 
I don't work for Nintendo. I don't work for Power World. I don't, uh, you know, I just play, I, I really enjoy video games. And yeah, I you wanted have no to, horse in this race. <laughs> no, exactly. And I know that, um, and we were talking a bit pre-show about this. Like I find that when something like this happens and a game starts to do well and sell a lot of copies, the discourse kind of shifts towards the negative. And, and in this case, they're focused very much on like the comparisons to Pokemon in terms of the, the pals and their designs. And yeah, they're, they look similar, but in my mind, I would kind of call them uh, sort of inspirations as opposed to like, you know, cut and paste. Like there's some very clear, like that Pokemon right on the box art is clearly inspired by Electrobuzz. Uh, it's got, it's got this similar shape, similar color patterns. It's an electric Pokemon, but you know, well, and, and this is the part that I find very interesting when you're talking about similar shape, because I did see a Twitter thread that was basically like, here are the character models from Scarlet Violet. Here are the character models from Pal World. And when you overlay them on top of each other, they're basically identical, which I find very, very interesting because that to me, and maybe this is just like Nintendo, like building a case or whatever, but like if it does actually look like they stole the character models from Pokemon Scarlet Violet, that's an entirely different conversation, right? Like that is a legal thing that or an illegal thing that they have done and can be sued for if Nintendo can prove it. And maybe they're just sitting back and building their case right now. We don't know. Cause again, we're, we don't have that kind of inside legal, like no one's going to know that till the case is filed. Um, but like that is very clearly not an inspiration. You can't steal somebody's stuff and then like paint it no. a different color and say, <laughs> was inspired by (laughs) (laughs) and you know like it doesn't work like that so you know that's an actual legal case and up to them to prove i do think like what i saw was compelling but it's from random person on on twitter like i don't know how true and real it is right so you know but um in turn i think there's like that shape aspect is very interesting but i think if you're going to talk about um like being inspired by Pokemon and point to like this character has long ears and a tail or whatever, like matches very closely with this other character. It's like, yeah, but there's so many Pokemon and they're inspired by like, or like cobbled together from aspects of real animals. Right. So yeah, at some point (laughs) there's going to be crossover whenever you're creating creatures So, like, I think that there's, like, you can, you can find similarities, sure, and I'm not depending, defending, like, I, again, same as Ryan, like, I, I don't care, don't have, uh, like, I'm not picking a side or anything, um, but I think that, like, to point to, like, hey, that character has, like, ears and wings that are, like, long, it's like, okay, but if they had made them short, they would look like this other character from this other game, like, there's only so many iterations that you can do of different combinations of real animals right yeah yeah and (laughs) this conversation right now that we're starting off with like it it, it's the whole reason i wanted to play it because it's like okay everyone's really focused on the similarity like the the similarities which there are similarities between pal world and the design of of pokemon and and you know nintendo doesn't have a patent on you know, games where you battle monsters and capture them. Like they, as you said, WoW has a whole mode dedicated to it. Like there are plenty of, of these, you know, 
homages to Pokemon. I'm sure Pokemon wasn't even the original sort of, you know, monster collecting game. But I was curious. I I was more curious about the gameplay. Like I wanted to know, like, Mm -hmm. what is this game actually about? So, yeah. So, Ryan, what is this game actually about? (laughs) Great question. And I got to say, first off, this is very early access. Um, This is another thing that kind of uh, I had the last time I experienced this was PUBG when it launched in early access. And I'm like, we are playing an unfinished, broken game. It won't even run on my computer. Literally. I remember you getting so frustrated because so we were we were like having no issues or whatever. And we're going in, we're playing this game. And I can't remember. It must, it must have been like Extra Life or a game it night was, or something. Because yeah. it's like we were playing every day. So uh, like our versions were up to date. We figured out all our settings. It wasn't too buggy for us. And Ryan was trying to join us and like was launching this game. was having so many problems. And we're like, oh, I don't know what's yeah. wrong. Just getting the buy game Buy a new play. computer. <laughs> Yeah, get more RAM, Ryan. Yeah, (laughs) it was uh, that specific issue was like the game was loading as we were dropping out of the plane and then the game wouldn't load and like wouldn't load. It would load like 50 percent of the time and I die with the game unloaded. And I'm just like, I'm dead. This is so frustrating. Uh, And I just (laughs) played enough. Okay, again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, and, And so this is the thing, like, you know, Pal World is very early access. This is the version I'm playing on Game Pass on the Xbox is uh, 0.1.1. It is out of sync with the Steam version. The Steam version, I think, is not that far ahead, but it is like 0.1.2 or 3 or something. So this is this is like we got a playable build. Join us as we as we continue to develop this game, which is what early access is. And I think that it's so funny that the the discourse is kind of like leaned into the whole legal aspect, like literally saw an article about uh, the Pokemon company's legal counsel from 2017 to 2020, like gave quotes to Eurogamer. Uh, he no longer works with the company, but he was the past legal counsel. And he's like, I'm surprised Nintendo isn't doing anything with this. Like, you know, like we see thousands of these every day when, when I was working there and it, but like the, to me, like I, I get it. It's an interesting part of it, but like to me, it's like, well, you know, what about the game? And like they don't usually with early access. A lot of people focus on like this is a very unfinished uh, game. And and as I'm playing it on Xbox, like there are many issues on Xbox. Like for example, huge audio issue as I'm playing this to the point where I had to like turn it all the way down and listen to a podcast while I was playing. It kind of sounds <laughs> like um, you know how when you plug in a speaker, but you don't plug the cord in all the way. And it kind of has that. Like, yeah. That, that like back, like feedback yeah. buzz. Yeah. Yes. Oh, imagine that constantly as you're playing a video game. That's brutal. <laughs> like it's, it's not as like, it wasn't as it's, it's kind of sounds like the, it sounds like the audio is very compressed. It's not the end of the world, but like when certain noises are made, like the Pokemon screaming and doing their like, um pokemon's pal sounds sorry you know what i mean like the pokemon make sounds and they make they make like screeching sounds or like growl sounds and and yeah they have yeah. that here and Again. they haven't updated those from like <laughs> the 1990s exactly so they all sound like <laughs> like oh, modem sounds those. like a broken uh, modem and just like that's rah. my biggest pet peeve with pokemon games like update your sound files god damn the anime has all the Pokemon saying their names. It's 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 a, still a little annoying, but it's better than. A I modem would take breaking. that over, yeah, 
broken modem sounds. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so uh, yeah, that's one issue that I'm sure will be sorted in, in PAL world on the Xboxes. Uh, it's a known issue. Uh, they are trying to address it. it. It was not resolved with the patches that I played. But um, I did want to give the game a chance because like, but like I said, I'm not a crafter. I'm not a survival. I don't play any of those genres. For me, it was basically like, let's see what the, you know, Pokemon side of this is with the, with the monsters and the capturing and the battling. And the game very much starts off as like, it's you're going to love this, Jocelyn. Like you already didn't want to play this, but like it starts <laughs> off, you walk out of a cave, you create your character, you walk out of a cave Breath of the Wild style. I was going to say, like, is this Breath of the Wild? Like- <laughs> yes. You get the little, you know, light chime, you know, and then it like shows like the area you're walking into. And it's like, it's like ripped straight out of Breath of the Wild or, or Genshin Impact or whatever game you want to talk to. So this is like a game that is combining like a lot of different stuff. It's, I've seen it sort of described as like a Frankenstein game where it's got, we got a little bit of Pokemon, we got Breath of the Wild. We have uh, Rust or uh, Ark or, you know, a survival uh, multiplayer crafting game. Plenty of those. And let's build it into one compelling package. And and I think that's where it's where it is. It is compelling. Like as you're playing through it, it's like it's the one thing I hate about crafting and survival games is like the inventory management and how they sort of resolve it here is as you capture pals and build your base you can assign pals to your base to do specific functions. So each pal has like a a job that they can do. So, and they don't make, some of them don't make sense. So like the sheep can build stuff. I I don't. (laughs) The sheep doesn't make textiles for you? (laughs) No, the sheep builds things. It's like a worker sheep. It like literally grabs a hammer. (laughs) Oh yes. The well-known worker sheep. (laughs) You know, Oh, that's true. Missed opportunity. They should have been bees. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) turns out we can write a better game than them. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, consult us on the next 500 pals you make, I guess. So, (laughs) uh, you know, you, you have sheep that can do that work and you have, uh, cats that can mine, um, but there's some more like specific. Yes, I know. <laughs> Should have given you a moment to react to that. The cats can mine. Uh, you send okay. them into the mine, you build a mine and then they go and they mine and they bring the stuff over. The game provides really, uh, at some points, interesting at other points, hilarious feedback. So for example, have moles doing the mining. I have not encountered oh. a mole yet, but, uh, I found a cat. <laughs> Uh, the cat very much liked mining. There are like any any other animal that burrows. Sure. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm getting way no, too fine. caught up on this. Sorry. You're continue. not. The cat good. mining. <laughs> there's um. What else did I come across? Uh. So, but there's there's examples that like are one to one. So, for example, you get a a smelting s- sort of thing to convert ore into into to iron bars. Right. And uh, you find a fire Pokemon. The fire Pokemon is is assigned to like kindling and and they're not smelting. Pokemon, Ryan. <laughs> Sorry, pals. Sorry, that that is my fault. That is not. I mean, it's not really my fault. It's it's their fault specifically. But oh, God, yeah, <laughs> pals. You have a fire pal. Look, I could just I should just call them Digimon and then maybe maybe it won't be as bad. Like everyone's comparing it to Pokemon. What about Digi- did Nintendo ever sue Digimon? 
No, maybe, for the Mon actually. part. <laughs> uh, just the whole thing. Like it was the whole thing. It was <laughs> Digimon was Pokemon, but it was in the. I digital don't remember. World. Like I remember. Like the. Hang on, I need to Google this because like I yeah. remember Digimon being a thing, but they're digital monsters. Digimon. Uh, they were. They were like. I think like the people went into the digital world, and then they were. You could capture them with your USB mm. stick. I don't know. I don't really remember. I just remember it being on Canadian television instead of Pokemon. It's not a Canadian show. I think it's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Digimon Adventure TV uh-huh. like promo image definitely has characters that if you removed the logo from the top, I would think were like Charizard. Yeah, there's <laughs> a legit like, Charmeleon. Uh, Charmander, like whole, like yeah. the main character had a Charmander, but it was Digimon. Yeah. So again, like this is not the first time that Nintendo's had to look at a thing and be like, okay, you've taken our sprites and made it green instead of yellow. Yeah. We, we have to send a takedown. But I think like in this specific case with Power World, it's like, yes, similarities are a little bit comical, but like, I don't think it's, uh, Nintendo would have done something by now. And maybe they already had, maybe they sent some letters behind and they changed a few things and Nintendo's like, don't expect Power World to be on the Switch anytime soon, even if it could run it. But but maybe maybe the Super Switch. We'll see. But anyways, you get a <laughs> you get a Fire Pal, and you can assign him to uh, your smelting, and it basically removes the whole uh, you know waiting and crafting thing. Like you can set up, you can bring resources in, put them into the system, and then the pals, depending on how you have them set up, will sort of like once you queue up what you're making, they'll sort of manage it all. So like you can have a closed system for collecting basic resources like wood and stone from building um, stone pit and fire pit and then having or a stone pit in a lumber yard and have your pals sort of collect that, put it in storage. And then from there build like your bow and arrows, your, your arrows, your stuff like that. So it's like this, system that you can build um sort of automated in a way where it removes like the sort of oh god i gotta build four of these to build five of those and then i gotta go get 16 of these to build those 20 and it removes that or at least condenses it into something that's a little more manageable which i enjoyed um but like the combat leaves a a lot to be desired like it's this is not this is where the kind of the pokemon similarities kind of fade away because it's not turn-based it's real time um you can engage one of your pals to fight uh other pals in in the environment and that whittles down their health but you can also do damage using the weapons you craft uh i have not gotten to like the memeable sort of machine gun uh that you can build although i i see it in the tech tree like this is very much a tech tree that starts from like wooden club to spear to bow and arrow and then yeah onwards and onwards to like legit guns and it's it it's i'll admit it's pretty jarring you know because like well i mean again as as people who are kind of familiar with pokemon it feels like they should fight with their elements right (laughs) not like here fire pokemon have a machine gun or like (laughs) water pokemon have a big pokey stick (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yeah it's it's that it's wild like you know i'm playing solo uh just sort of testing out the game there are like these these raids that'll happen from an enemy faction and they'll like 
basically the the AI is not programmed very well. Basically, they'll run towards my base, and they all have like handguns, and they're all fighting me, and I'm there with a spear and a <laughs> and a pal by my side, like literally a sheep that like does the sonic spin dash into enemies. It it just it's all so silly and um somewhat uh just it's not finished like it's an early access game so there's a lot of stuff that's not connecting that's where i was gonna go like what i was gonna ask is in the end is it a fun game to play or is this just like the flavor of the week everyone wants to get in and try it it's early access so it's not you know like triple a levels of cost so because it did sell like 5 million copies and they had almost 2 million people concurrently playing it on steam. So is this just the flavor of the week or do you think that once it has a little more polish, it's going to have some actual like staying power or is this just like the new hotness and the controversy everyone wants to get in on? Like, how do you feel about the actual game itself? Like, would you recommend it at all? (laughs) Like it is on game pass. So I think to those that are curious, like the Game Pass version is there for you, like whether you play it on Xbox or PC. I did look it up. Game Pass is uh, 1.0 and Steam is 1.2. Yeah. Yeah. So there they are two versions ahead. Yeah, it's um, you are behind. But I but again, like give it some time. They'll they'll catch up eventually. Like it, it the patches are insert like the, the developers are out there saying, like, look, the patches are done. They're just being. They're going through the process with Microsoft. Uh, I mean, when, after playing for, you know, I'd say like four or five hours, I would say that like I'm intrigued by what this could be given, you know, some polish and like really tighten up that combat. Um, I was joking with uh, the Discord, like I can already envision like the Steam splash screen with the update of like combat update for Power World is now live. And it's like, because like, it's, the combat is very bare bones, you know, like you were throwing a pal and hoping it targets what you want it to target. <laughs> and you're shooting at this pal or you're shooting at a boss. I did a boss battle and the boss battle was just like, like a human riding a giant pal as you're fighting. And it's got like 30,000 health. And I'm like, everything I've thought before is like 2000 or 200 health. It's just like this crazy di- discrepancy. And there's still very much working on it. There's a lot of like, weirdness to it but i would say like i'm intrigued by what it is i want to check it out in a year do i think people are going to be playing this constantly as it sees updates i think we'll have to see what the cadence looks like i think there'll be obviously people that stick with it but yeah i would say like if you're curious check it out on game pass to get a taste of it but i i don't know if it's worth like if you unless you love all of those elements that are in there like crafting survival base building and pokemon um, you're probably best to just check it out on Game Pass. Like, I don't know if you need to buy in to the Steam version. Um, what it, is it a flavor of the week? I don't know. Like, it, I've never been good at judging that, you know? Like, uh, it could be. But I think, really, if it's given enough time, it could it could be something interesting, you know? Like, I think, I think maybe they, they launched it very early. Uh, and I guess, like, seeing that is like, I don't know. Like, it's hard to tell, but... People are obviously latching onto it. I don't know what's in there, like, past the first world. Like, it's hard to tell, like, where do we go from here? Like, it's very bare bones right now. So, like, I don't know what people are doing after the initial sort of, like, base building aspect. I guess building machine guns. I haven't got that far. 
So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I don't know. I, I really think that it's, I was so curious. I wanted to try it. And I think a lot of people are, are experiencing that. And at $30, you know, Canadian or whatever it is, that is, that is a, it's not a small amount of money, but like, it's, you know, if you compare it to other experiences, it's, it's, it's a little bit less expensive. So, but it's on game pass. I, I think if you're curious, definitely like check it out on game pass. It's, um, it's worth, it's worth experiencing, I think, but I really feel like it could be something really cool uh, after they've they've put some more work into it. Like I said, it's it is early access. Like when you say one point oh and one point two, it is like right on it's zero point one point two. Like it's this is yeah. not this is not one point oh yet. It's very much like we have a playable build. So um, yeah, I'd say check it out if you're curious. Uh, unless you love all aspects of what we've described tonight, like crafting, survival, base building, uh, uh, battling monsters and stuff, like you you could probably buy in and like it. But I, I I don't know how much is there. Like if it's more of the same, could get old pretty quick. Um, maybe give it a few updates, but check it out on Game Pass. I think it's worth it. Maybe. <laughs> no, no, not promises. you. Everyone at home. Uh, everyone else. Okay. <laughs> I don't uh, it, look at, I think a lot of folks on Discord be like, oh, man, it would be really interesting to hear Jocelyn play it. Like, I, I think that it is um, you've already described like, like everyone. Yeah, everyone should already know what my opinion of this game is going to be without me even having to pick it up. You didn't even know it was like there was Breath of the Wild aspects. There's like fast travel yeah. totems. <laughs> there are like wild open plays. You see that mountain in the in the in the background there, Jocelyn? You can go to it. Whoa. Yeah. No, I I think that um I think that if a year from now, if they've really done a lot of like well, as they've continued to develop the game, I think this game could get to a point where you would really enjoy it. But like right now it is very early and like I'm not gonna play it again until probably down the road. Like I'm I'm done after, you know, a- after tonight. Like I, I think like I've I wanted to check it out. I got my first impressions and I'm like, okay, I'm cool to see where this goes, but I'm not going to follow it month to month, you know? So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what, what happens. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you want to know what I'm playing on game pass? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm playing Sea of Thieves. I already said, so that was a kind of terrible segue, but anyways, um, yeah, I am playing Sea of Thieves still. Uh, and so actually today was their season 11 update And so in season 10, which was a few months ago, they introduced, uh, or actually maybe it was the season before that. Anyways, uh, recently-ish, they introduced um, diving for PvP. So basically you would uh, represent either the Reapers faction or the Athena faction, and then you could uh, go to your table, vote on an hourglass, and it would send you to a server and pit you 1v1, like one ship versus one ship, Um, and like it kind of took a lot of the people who were just looking for PVP and like didn't put them on their own servers, but like gave them a way to actively find it that didn't involve going after other people who just randomly happened to, to spawn into their server. So they took the concept of PVP diving. And in this update that came out today, they've actually made it so you can now dive for PVE. So if there's one specific thing that you want to do, you know, every time we play Sea of Thieves and there's like something in the sky, 
there's a cloud that's shaped like a skull or like a, a ship or uh, I'm trying to or the big tornadoes. Uh, do you remember all of those things? Yeah, yeah, all the little aspects that you'd see on the horizon as you're. Yeah, storing. all the kind of all the big world events that are going on on your server. Well, now if I'm like, hey, I really want to get good at naval combat, then you could say, I want to practice on the skeleton ship event, which is that that ship in the sky. And instead of waiting who knows how long, because basically one world event has to be completed before the next one spawns. So if nobody goes and does the skull fort, the skull fort can be up for hours. So instead of having to either complete world events you don't want to do or like just wait for somebody else to do them so that the one that you want spawns, you can now go to your table and say, I want to go to the skeleton ship event and you can do it over and over and over. And it'll basically take your ship and teleport you and load you in to a server where that is the active event. And it takes you right to it. You can do it and then you can pick it again. And it'll take you to a new server. So you don't like and you take all your stuff. You don't take your treasure. So you would have to go and turn in. But like all of the supplies on your ship go with you. So you don't have to worry about like trying to uh, server hop, which was a big thing people would do, which is basically like making ship after ship after ship until you land on a server that has the thing you want. You don't have to do that anymore. You can just pick from your table and say, I want to go do the skeleton ship event. And then I want to go do the skeleton ship again. And then now maybe I'm feeling like I want to go do an Ashen boss. So you can pick that one and you can literally just teleport over and over and over, which also removes the like the travel time. So like if the event that you wanted, if you spawned at an outpost that was in like the northwest and the event that you wanted was in the southeast, you might spend 20 minutes just getting there. And by the time you get there, somebody else might have already done it. So it takes all of that out of the equation as well. So you can just literally go into an outpost, get your supplies and go do the thing you want to do. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm just imagining. So I obviously when I play Sea of Thieves, it's usually for extra life. And now I'm picturing our streams where like the whole getting to the place, which is sometimes like that warm up period, uh, it's suddenly gone, you know, like now we, well, and that's we the thing though. Teleport. You don't have to play like that. If you yeah. still want the old, like old, um, if you still want the kind of like RP experience, you can still just stay on your server and sail around. I did that tonight too. I sure. just picked an emissary and just started doing voyages and just stuck on my own same server. So you can still have that sea of thieves experience. If you like the traveling, if you like the, you know, RP in the sandbox and, making the best of what you have on your server and and kind of like just seeing what happens like that kind of um organic feeling gameplay experience that's all still there because they still have their like five ship 20 people or whatever the mix is like caps on their servers like all of those rules still apply so it's not like you're you're teleporting to a private server or anything like you could go to uh, a skeleton ship event that somebody else is currently doing um so there's still that potential like you could like teleport to a, a pve pvp situation as well and then have to fight another crew like you never really know what's going to be on the other side of it 
Uh, so like that's kind of interesting as well. But it's like I feel like this is a great quality of life update for people who play all the time. People who play like us or well, you, <laughs> you more than me because I, I play quite often. Sure. But um, yeah, people like you who come in once or twice a year like that organic, like what's going to happen, just sail around experience. People who are trying to, so for instance, the, I was playing a lot this last week because season 10 was finishing. I wanted to finish out my plunder pass. So like I had very, very specific goals. Like I had to get my Reaper to level five. I had to, you know, like kill a hundred skeletons. I had to um, finish three tall tales. Like I had very specific goals. This quality of life update makes it so I can just go like, okay, I'm going to go do three skeleton forts in a row because I have to do all those and use the key to unlock the vault or something. Um, and so instead of having to wait for a fort to come up, I could just go boom, boom, boom and get it done in an hour instead of like eight hours, you know? So it, it allows you to kind of like target and organize your play session if that's what you want to do, <laughs> which I really, really like. So I think this is a great update. I never thought that they would implement this. Like I thought it was amazing when they implemented it for PvP because I was like, as a as a mostly PvE player, it's going to take those wandering pirates out of my experience. And for the most part, it has. Because people who are looking to just kill other people go up against other people who are just looking to kill other people. And it works really, really well. So, uh, but yeah, I never thought they'd institute it for PVE just because it does limit the travel, limit the um, the organic events in between. Um, but yeah, I think that the people who are going to make use of this are the kind of like little bit more, uh, people who play a little bit more often, people who are a little bit more hardcore. I don't think you're going to see a lot of streamers playing this because they get their content from those organic moments when you kind of come across other crews and random events and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I think it's it's a great update so far. It looks really cool. There's lots of, they did a ton of other stuff that I'm not going to go into because it's very nitty gritty for people who play all the time. They'll notice the differences. But yeah, I think this is a really, really great content update. Um, the other thing that came in last season, season 10, was guilds. And so I wanted to put a shout out in the show because basically some of the things that I had to do, some of the deeds to to get progress on the Plunder Pass last season had to do with guilds. And I didn't have one. <laughs> so I made one. So I made a, a Gamers in Guild. So if you are a Sea of Thieves player with a captained ship, you can come and... Well, actually, if you're a Sea of Thieves player, you can join. If you'd like to, you can pledge a ship as well. Um, but you don't have to. Uh, there are a couple of ships already in there. There's my ship and my husband's ship. We are currently the only two members in the guild. <laughs> but um, the kind of cool thing is that, like... While I'm away, I have so I have a ship where which I have named, I am the captain of. Uh, while I'm not playing, it's just sitting, it's like the guild gets their own outpost, and there's just a bunch of ships sitting there. So, like, anyone in the guild can just go and sail my ship. So, it's it's ah. kind of cool, like that. Yeah, so like you'll see, like, um, so my ship is called the Something's Revenge because I. So I was talking to Matt and I was like, you know, pirate ship names, they're always like something's revenge, like Phoenix's revenge or blah, blah, whatever. And I'm like, but I don't know what I'm going to name my ship. And Matt's like, just call it something's revenge. I'm like, that's actually kind of, I love that. <laughs> so my ship is something's revenge. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's available in the guild for anyone to sail. And I like, so 
I'm 99% sure because captain ships like save between sessions. You have to pay. Uh, there's like a, it's like a gold sink. You have to pay up front. You have to like buy your ship, but then it saves in between. So like all the damage is there. All the supplies are there. So except I just stripped all the supplies off my ship because I was being nice to another crew that I met right before I ended my play session. But anyways, you can go and use my ship anytime you want, basically, if you're part of the TGI Guild. So if you'd like to be part of the TGI Guild, if you have a captain ship, but you don't have a guild and you're looking for a place to play, then please do just like let me know. Um, DM me from the Discord or tag me in the Discord and let me know if you want to join the guild. Uh, it basically, you can have up to 24 players in a guild. And uh, right now, like I say, there's two. Ryan, I did send you an invite. <laughs> and I also sent a friend of the show, Josh, send him Perfect. an invite too. Um, in case you guys wanted to try out guilds. But basically, uh, so Matt and I did a huge session and a huge turn in last night and got like a quarter of one level in the guild because there's supposed to be 24 people working towards. And you get like um, commendations, titles, um, like uh, costumes and ship cosmetics. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff. Like the guilds are essentially like another... Um, like trading company so there you know there you remember there's like the merchants and the and the souls guys with the skulls and the gold hoarders who like the treasure chests it's like another one of those so there's a whole bunch of unlockables um but yeah it's gonna take me forever if i try to do it by myself so if anyone wants to join the tgi guild there now is one in sea of thieves that's my my plug <laughs> nice well it's yeah. funny because i've got I don't actually own sea of thieves so i've got one more day of game pass i will jump in accept it and then fade yeah. in the distance. <laughs> I was going to say, you've mentioned this a few times. Like, why are you giving up Game Pass? <laughs> you so, might have mentioned it on the show when I wasn't here, because I did miss the show a couple weeks ago. But Oh, yeah, yeah. We did talk about it a bit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Actually, maybe it was on the mini. Either way. Um, so, you remember we did the gold trick where you, like, buy a bunch of Xbox yes. Live gold. Uh, not gold bars. Like, you're trying to hide your money from the government. <laughs> like, Xbox Live gold. Um. And then you upgraded to Game Pass Ultimate, like a ridiculous conversion. I think it was one to one, whereas now it's like it's it's more uh, it's actually like. Yeah, I remember you getting like basically something like 24 months for $24 or something ridiculous <laughs> is a crazy low amount. So it was like it was a no brainer. Um, but obviously, Microsoft has uh, changed that now that they, they caught have, on. <laughs> they have gate. Well, they have games coming out. Like, I mean, if you look at 2024, uh, and we're going to talk about which we're going to do in a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like if you look at that, that list, it's like, I think with Starfield, it kind of started with like, okay, we have games coming out. We need to patch this sort of like trick, so to speak. Um, but it wasn't really a trick. It was, it was the, them offering this upgrade path. Uh, it was not a hack. It was just like a path. So, but now that's been patched, um, and I will I will probably move to how I subscribe to everything else. Like I I will go month to month when there when are titles I want to play. Yeah, yeah. Like if that's tomorrow, fair. if you said like, well, okay, like let's say like we wanted to do a Sea of Thieves event at some point in the near future, no problem, absolutely. I will sub to Game Pass, or I will look at. A, I'm sure Sea of Thieves has been on sale multiple times, where I should just own it. Probably, you know, <laughs> I play it enough. It, it's a solid. Yeah, investment. I was going to say I said that I was playing on Game Pass, but actually I, I own Sea of Thieves you since day one. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think that uh, it, it's it's just, it, you know, no longer can I have that sort of like discounted 
offering. So I'm going to move to month to month when it makes sense. I still think Game Pass is a really great subscription, but like all subscriptions, I think they are best used when they're min max, like when you are. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. lulls for sure. Like I've yeah. I've noticed that I've I've looked on Game Pass a couple times, um, specifically since coming back to to Gamers Inn after taking a couple of months off for mat leave um, and like like, OK, I need something to play what's here and i look at all the new offerings and i'm like i don't want to play any of these right now so i mean often i do find things that i wouldn't try otherwise like coral island from uh last year is a great example of that i never would have tried that never would have gotten into it if it wasn't for game pass um also another really good example of all of that stardew valley style of game that i've been playing like (laughs) speaking of not to take us too far back to pal world and pokemon but like Speaking of inspired by, like, so much of what I played last year, Coral Island, Stardew Valley, Disney Dreamlight Valley, um, Graveyard Keeper, all of those, same same game, different skin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of, yeah, there are a lot of games that sort of borrow heavily from yeah. successful, like, even, I think, uh, Vampire Survivors, a lot of people were bringing that up as an example. I, I don't know for sure. I, I can't speak for myself on this one but i've seen the people say like well vampire survivors well very popular was sort of um an idea taken from like a, a popular android game i guess or something so like you know even i that's why i think like pal world needs time to sort of exist on its own <laughs> outside of like this nintendo comparison and and look, if it drives Nintendo, look, I don't want Nintendo to put machine guns in Pokemon. That's not what I'm about to say no. here. But if it drives Nintendo and Pokemon Company to make some changes to the way they expand the gameplay, um, that sounds great. But really, I think Pokemon would just benefit from stronger hardware. And we all know that Pokemon's not going to come to PC and Xbox. It is Nintendo. Nintendo will hold on to Pokemon as it's not going anywhere. So, like, I think that's the biggest hurdle here and and the biggest proof that, like, a Pokemon done on hardware that can handle a 3D world, even though there's still some, like, early access, you know, bugginess happening, I really feel like Pal World is a great example of, like, okay, now think of what you could do with Pokemon on hardware that could support the vision that the the company has. It's a little more beefy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's Sorry, where I totally brought us back to this whole conversation again. And I did not mean to. <laughs> but anyways, I think that's yes, I really do feel like that would be I can't, super switch. Let's get to it. I, it's 2024. Yeah. The time is now. Let's do it. <laughs> you know what it's really time for is for the people hearing the sound of my voice to go to patreon.com slash the gamers in to support what it is that Ryan and I are doing here. So um, if you would like to support us, if you would like to support some of the extra content we do like game club, last of us part one is currently underway. Uh, so that is something that Ryan does just out of the goodness of his heart and is always watching the discord and is always making changes to try to make it as gr- good of an experience as possible. So if you want us to keep doing stuff like that, if you want more things like that, the best way to support Ryan and I in what we are doing here at the Gamers Inn is to go to patreon.com slash the Gamers Inn. And if you want your name here to be thanked as our patron of the month for February, again, head on over to patreon.com slash the Gamers Inn. That brings us to the news this week. And as we mentioned, we are going to take a look ahead at what we are excited for for 2024. Um, And we've got, I mean, there's a lot of crossover between our two lists, I think. a lot of big titles, but some littler ones as well. 
Um, so I think, do you want to just like kind of get the big ones out of the way? Yeah, I think uh, I think the big ones are easier to to sort of throw out there because we like there's a very strong chance we'll talk about it on the show. Um, yeah. I did want to like I think that like let's start with Suicide Squad because that okay. one's out in like a week. You know, yeah, that one's soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we were talking about the, so this came up in the Discord. And I, I think people were like kind of surprised about how positive it was because Suicide Squad's not getting the greatest previews right now. Um, it is a departure from the Arkham series that we know and love from Rocksteady, even though it is part of the Arkham universe. But I was kind of joking, like it's not the Batman gameplay, right? It's not. It's very, yeah. it, it's very different. It's more like action based gunplay, uh, uh, aerial traversal, like a lot of aerial traversal, which is interesting for the characters that are involved um it looks very jumpy like you're jumping a lot and shooting and floating it's it looks weird but like i I, a lot of the cutscenes were kind of like okay but still at a certain point we get down on the ground and we're like talking to an evil batman that sounds that sounds okay um (laughs) where where it kind of lost me was they announced like the first post-launch villain that's going to be added to the game as a playable character. And they had announced Joker. And I was like, but he's supposed to be dead. And I know multiverse <laughs> and like you can pull anybody in, but it, the Arkham verse was always like this grounded take on Batman. And I really think what they should have done I is forgot that, that we it, killed Joker. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a whole thing, right? That was like, he, yeah. he died. And, and I mean, look, we can even joke like he died at the end of two spoiler alert but then in three (laughs) he comes back as like this haunted vision of batman like he haunts batman mark hamill comes back to voice joker and everything and you could argue that was kind of like a you know like a uh you know you killed him but you still brought him back in some capacity but it but it was it was to the benefit of um batman's character i guess but like in this in this thing it's like okay you wanted your cake and eat it too like you wanted to continue the arkhamverse but you wanted to bring joker in and I know it's like there's so much else that should have like sent Ryan away from this game. But like for some reason, the Joker coming back is that's like, your sticking point. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it weirded me out. It was like, I don't know, guys, this might be, you know. Yeah. The... How can you how can you be canon and also not be canon? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like Brainiac is creating the perfect world. So he's like bringing in characters from alternate universes and it allows them to kind of like basic so you the suicide squad like the characters in the suicide squad fits like the normal sort of like comic book setup but the elseworlds option allows them to bring in any villain and set up their backstory that has them make sense being in the suicide right. squad essentially so I, I get it from a gameplay perspective it's like this is perfect we can bring any villain in we want um but uh, it kind of removes my favorite thing about the Arkhamverse, which was the story. You know, it was mm-hmm. uh, so I'm I was always going to wait for reviews. I'm a little worried that it's going to be like this. You know, we talk about look, Pal World. You don't have to wait long. In a week, all they're going to be talking about is Suicide Squad, whether it's good or bad, <laughs> or why people hated it or why people loved it. Prepare everyone for that. Like that's going to be us in a week. Not us, you and I, but like us. <laughs> engaging with the gamers yeah gamers jocelyn's gonna be you know uh not on the internet which is like probably the place you want to be in a week (laughs) because i'm just i can already feel it like i know it's it's gonna be 
it's going to be trying, you know, like I think yeah. that's, especially if you're into video games, like I know there's other stuff going on in the world, but like, I really think if you're tied into video games, like suicide squad is going to be like the next wave of like articles, like of headlines. Ugh, yeah. Ugh, I can already <laughs> can feel it. Anyways, let's move on to the next one. Uh, wait, are you excited about it? I don't know. You put it on your list too. Sorry. No. Okay. So wait, are we, so we're talking about skull and bones. I was curious. You had put suicide squad on your list as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I did. Um, cause so this is the thing I've been kind of torn on it because it's not really and for basically all the same reasons you already covered. Like it's part of Arkham. I love those Batman games. I want to stay in that kind of space. So like I was, I was going to give it a try. And so it made my like anticipated list. Cause I'm like, yeah, I think I'm probably going to try this one. Um, do I think I'm going to fall in love with it? Probably not. But I think it's one of those things like my expectations are so low that like, like, okay. So for like Pacific Rim, no expectations going in. I was like, okay, giant monsters, giant robots, whatever. Like this will entertain me for an afternoon. It'll be fine. It's like one of my favorite freaking movies. I think it's because my expectations were just so low and I didn't really care. That's how I feel about Suicide Squad. My expectations are so low, they can't let me down. So it's probably going to be a riot and I'm going to love it. <laughs> yeah. That's basically I'm, how I'm looking at it. <laughs> I think that um, works. I think that's the appropriate way to go into it. And I think like I'm, I'm also at that level uh, and I'm just kind of, but now that, yeah, like I think I'm excited for the cinematic aspect of it and less like the gameplay kind of looks all over the place, but Agreed. It could be fun. Yeah, could be fun. Well, that's why I'm like fun. waiting for yeah. reviews. I'm curious. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and like, so that's almost like why the next one, Skull and Bones, is on my list too. I know it's not on yours, but I did want to mention it because it is like it's this supposed competitor to Sea of Thieves. It's um, it's been like hyped forever. It's been announced forever. It's been in like open betas closed betas tests everything forever keeps getting delayed it's finally coming out and so again it's another one where like my expectations are so low i'm probably gonna hate it but at the same time like they couldn't put out something worse than what i'm imagining put it that way and it's it's finally (laughs) being released this year so it's finally actually coming out in just i think a month or two so yeah it's another one that i'll probably play yeah. But then I think it's going to be terrible. <laughs> I feel like maybe I took a more negative look at anticipated this year. <laughs> you're just yeah, trying to save why. your money, is what yeah. you're saying. It's like, these are all the games I hate like, and I'm never going to buy. Well, <laughs> they're in, I'm anticipating them, just True. not in a, like, I can't wait to play them kind of way, in a in more of like a, I wonder how this is going to turn out. Yeah, I suppose yeah, I shouldn't be the one to say because I uh, my first game was like, this is the one I'm waiting for reviews and I'm just preparing my myself mentally for like all the articles. I guess I just don't I don't want to visit IGN or Polygon for the next uh, few days after after releases because, um, yeah, or Twitter for that matter. Uh, yeah, I mean, a game that um, I think we will both well, both very much enjoy is the new Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Yeah, I called it Part 2 just for me, like, my own to remember what, what was what. But yeah, it is, it's, uh, it has its own name. <laughs> and it's, so what I find really interesting, this is another one. I don't think I'm actually going to play it, but it made my list because I know other people are going to play it. And Final Fantasy is one of those games 
that I love to watch. Like, I will watch Matt play the crap out of this just because I find them so pretty. I don't necessarily love the game mechanics, but I just, I find them really pretty. I find the stories to be interesting and the world is really cool. So, like, I know I'm going to, like, watch somebody else play this game, whether it's through Twitch or Matt or whatever. But, like, I'm excited for it to come out, not to play it, but to experience it kind of secondhand, I guess. Yeah. Uh, because the, the gameplay and the combat is never really um, my favorite thing. But then I also really liked 16, right? So I don't know. Maybe I should maybe I should try um, both the, you know, the original remake. And then because this is the continuation of the story that everyone thought it was going to be a straight remake in two parts. And now it's like its whole own thing. That was like the big reveal at the end or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I maybe I should just straight up play them. Uh, but think, yeah, it, uh, it definitely made my list because like this is it's noteworthy for this year for sure. I think it's the it's going to be one of the bigger games that is guaranteed to be a hit. I think it's um it, like the first one proved that Square Enix knows what they're doing with these remakes. Uh, they're building something different and special with characters that, that uh, Final Fantasy fans know and love. Um, as you said, it'd be it'd be kind of bonkers to to not include it on a list of like 2024. Like this is a big one. Yeah. I feel like it's the first big AAA game for the year that um, that has you know mass market appeal. So like you know, yeah, it's it's one we've been waiting for for like five years. It's gonna mm-hmm. take them. Has it been that long? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, well four years. Yeah. Four years. Because I remember. I remember uh, interviewing Bo about the first one, and True. I remember where my desk was sitting in my house at the time, and I did that for the pandemic. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was definitely 2020 is when I talked to Bo about the first part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh... Like, I think it'll be a really fun one and um, I haven't pre-ordered yet, but I, I, I definitely see that if I buy it at Best Buy, I get a steel book. So I'm, I'm I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I need another thing to put on my shelf. So yeah. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Another one that we both have on our list is uh, Frostpunk 2. And I feel like we don't really need to talk about this because we've talked about this quite a lot. Uh, But Frostpunk 2 is actually coming this year, which is very exciting because we, we loved Frostpunk so much. Uh, so much so that I have a uh, like the actual Frostpunk. I haven't played it yet because it, it just finally it went through a Kickstarter and just finally came right before I had the baby. But um, or right before we moved. Anyways, we had a lot going on last year, so yes. I didn't actually get to play it. But uh, the Frostpunk board game um, I did get at the end of la- or the some at some point last year. And so I need to actually play it. But yeah, loved Frostpunk. The board game's really cool. It came with a lot of boxes and a lot of pieces. I'll get into it eventually. I'm very excited for Frostpunk 2, period. You know, I mean, I'm not far away. That's true. That's true. We can definitely play it uh, because, yeah, you're just you're basically just down the street now. I know. Not far away at all. We can play some Frostpunk. We can play some Frostpunk 2. Very exciting. I am very much looking forward to that game. And it is it, I think it's coming sooner than we think. They they hinted at early 2024. So I'm excited. Yeah, that's one that we don't have a date for. But yeah, it should be coming uh, sooner rather than later. Um, and then uh, we're both excited about Paper Mario. I mean, this is a remake of Thousand Year Door, which is uh, like one of my favorites from, I mean, like 
I remember when I played it. I played it in like 2008. <laughs> so I don't remember when it actually came out. Um, but that's when I played it. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to try it again. Um, yeah, I don't. What about you? I uh, there are several games from Nintendo's past that uh, if I were to tell you are gaps in my and my video game playing experiences like there are several that would be like really like surprising like and and thousand year door is one of those i did not play it um, oh okay i don't think i yeah. remembered that this is one title that you hadn't actually played this is the i think only paper mario oh no wait that's not true because there was a paper mario that came out recently like a that we played on switch yes um so i did play that one to the end but yeah this was this is the only other paper mario that i've played all the way to the end and it's, it was really good. I really, yeah. really liked it. Caden uh, and Abby are very stoked that I showed them the trailer for this because they, we all three of us sat down and played through the entirety of uh, of uh, Paper Mario Origami King, and and they that are was it, Origami. That's it. <laughs> stoked to play this one. So yeah, um, this will be a day one purchase, and and honestly, I mean, like it. All signs point to it being released soon. All we have is 2024 from Nintendo, but it has been rated by ESRB and we do have the February direct coming. It's it has not been announced, but like it's there's always a And because it's direct. a remake, I feel like it's one of those things that it will just be in a direct and be like, "Oh, and yeah. by the way, you know, like this is coming next week." You yeah. know, cuz it's not it's, it's not like one of the other ones I'm excited about, which is Princess Princess Peach's game, the Showtime game. Yes. I think that looks really cool and I'm really excited about it. And I'm surprised it wasn't on your list. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, it's not on my list. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think like, look, I'll give it to, I'll give it this. Like I haven't watched the newest trailer, but it is really cool that Peach is finally getting her own game uh, or sorry, is getting another game with her as the main focus. Cause she has had one, I think on the DS, but this one is more like, well, but it's like, a, like I would say the DS, they're not like, they were popular consoles for sure, but they're not like main consoles, right? Like she yeah. didn't have a game on the GameCube. Like, no, no. Um, and I think that uh, this is also like if you look at Nintendo's release schedule for the next six months, it's the only one that isn't a remake. Uh, so I think it has a good opportunity to kind of like, you know, be the swan song for the Switch as like the last truly unique game for the Switch as opposed to a remake. Um I'm I'm looking forward. I want to see reviews on it. I, I think the gameplay looks interesting. Um, I think that uh, it might be fun to play. I like that it's kind of leaning into the idea of like Mario, where he puts on his different hats or whatever and gets all new powers. Like I like that they're leaning into that so that it's still within like the Mario universe in terms sure. of the way kind of game mechanics work, but at the same time, like it's her own different thing. Like she's you know, putting on costumes and acting in a show. And I think that's really, really cool. It's a really cool uh, iteration on the same sort of idea to make it still in universe, but her own unique thing, her own unique spin. So I, I think it's going to be really cool. I'm looking forward to it. And it looks, if nothing else, visually, it looks really, really interesting and neat. Like, and, and it actually reminds me a little bit of Paper Mario because in Thousand Year Door, there's a lot of like, you'll notice like a stage and curtains and, you know, yep. it is very much a show. So, uh, yeah, it gives me memories of Paper Mario for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, I think it'll be. Uh, I'm definitely going to play it like day one. So 
I'll tell you whether or not you should get it, and probably you should just get it. I will. You know what? I love I love playing games on the Switch. I think like I think I look at what's coming out in the first three months, and I think there's like there's only a couple games that really stand out to me. And I think I I really hope that Princess Peach Showtime is really good because I I want that game to be really good. I think they just revealed was it uh, Ninja and oh there was two two oh cow cowgirl Ninja and cowgirl Peach. Those are the two newest outfits that they revealed, which uh, which sound awesome. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I hope it's good. Well, I will let you know. Uh, and then the last one that we actually share is Wolf Among Us 2. And I know we played Wolf Among Us when it first came out and like played each of the different episodes and, and went through them like crazy. Like we really, really love that game here on Gamers In. So I feel like that sequel, very much like Frostpunk, it's kind of a given. We're excited, even though it's been forever since the first one. I'm excited to see the story continue and just spend more time in that world because i i really liked the the gritty world of fairy tales that was that was a cool cool idea yeah yeah we played that um i think it was back in the days when telltale was releasing episodes every three months and i think we would yeah like play the episode as it came out and talk about each episode and talk about it yeah so uh i know I know Telltale has sort of shifted towards like a release it all at once uh, model, um, which I'm actually totally fine with as well. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, I've not played their Telltale uh, Expanse game, but I heard really good things. So I'm excited to see what they do with uh, The Wolf Among Us, too. Mm-hmm. And I know you've talked about this one before, but Prince of Persia, that's that's on your list of anticipated titles. Yeah, uh, it's it's so it's already out. Uh, it's, it's getting rave reviews. Uh, it's a Metroidvania, which like always a plus. I do love that you love that genre so much. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not for everyone. I mean, like there's something about You're like that's a big plus. I'm like never touching it. <laughs> I know. And that's fine. Some people like genres. It's look, I think I, I don't know who I was talking to. Um. It might have even been been you, but like I, I really respect <laughs> and love when f- folks say like, nope, that genre's not for me. It's like I'm, I kind of envy that because it's like there are a whole, there's so many games out there. Like to to not have to have a whole genre be like, no, I, I can't play that because I just don't like it. It's like you just have so much other, more time for other stuff, you know, like other games. Where I'm mm-hmm. just like, yeah, no, I love Metrovania, so I gotta play this one. I'll put it on the list. I'll get to it eventually. We'll see. You know, like there was that whole thing about Hollow Knight. So like I said, like Metrovania is like, well, you got to play Hollow Knight. It's like, yep, put it on the list. There's <laughs> too many games out there. Uh, I obviously do have genres that that I don't like. Like um, MMOs, I'm not too much into MMOs these days. Like I, I know if it's MMO, it's like I can't, you know, as appealing as they sound, as cool as they sound, like I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I get that. But I'm I'm looking forward to uh, checking that one out when I get some time. Um, uh, I was actually thinking of doing the Ubisoft plus subscription to check it out, uh, down the road and as well as Mirage, uh, check out Mirage mm. at the same time. So, well, you know how I feel about that. We don't have to go into that again. <laughs> no, you love, you love Mirage. I know I'm supposed to play it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play it eventually this year. Uh, we'll see when I get around to it, but, uh, you know, we, we talked, I talked about, um, Nintendo having like a bunch of remakes. Another one that I'm not sure I'm going to buy, but I'm interested in uh, is Mario versus Donkey Kong, which is actually a Game Boy Advance remake on the Switch. Uh, and it's the puzzle games where you play as Mario and you kind of guide right. 
these like mini Mario toys through an environment. Or no, you you are Mario and you're collecting stuff and solving puzzles. That was a different game where you like move the minis around. Anyways, <laughs> it looks interesting. It is a full price GBA remake. So I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know if I'm like willing to spend the 80 bucks on it. But um, again, I'm curious. I, I really did like wait it. for a sale. And then I'm like, oh, Nintendo never does sales. <laughs> I know. And that's both a blessing and a curse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you pay full price, that's you're you're not missing out or you're not leaving money on the table. But yeah, <laughs> the same time, you're like, damn it, I'm always paying full price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's a it's a double edged sword. But um, I, I'm I'm mildly uh, interested in it. I'm I'm curious to see how it gets received and we'll see we'll see maybe i'll get the vouchers and i'll do the princess peach and mario versus donkey kong as like the last there you go (laughs) we'll see we'll see i haven't decided yet so so tell me about this next one unicorn overlord because i (laughs) saw that on the list and i was like okay (laughs) Okay. is this just because it's unicorns and you're making fun of me or are you actually excited about this game (laughs) no jocelyn i am not making i would never make fun of you yes Uh, you would (laughs) see all episodes uh, (laughs) that have to do with sonic (laughs) oh right yeah that's true oh yeah we didn't even talk (laughs) about that Sonic the Hedgehog 3 comes out in December this year. So most anticipated. Not a game. Well, is it? it, No, you're right. It's a movie. Um, uh, Anyways, Unicorn Overlord has nothing to do with unicorns. Uh, Okay. I don't even know. I think in this case, look, I don't know why they call it Unicorn Overlord. Maybe it's like it's unique or it's one of a kind. Like, I don't know. Like sometimes unicorn can be like that. Either way, yeah, it doesn't it, necessarily mean the horse with the horn. It means like special and unique for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea why they call it this, but it is a vanillaware game uh, from the folks who made Thirteen Sentinels, which we played uh, as a Game Pass or not a Game Pass, a Game Club game, right? Um, right. And it's sort of a throwback to '90s sort of tactics games, like uh, like not recent Fire Emblem, but like sort of. Fire Emblem from the GBA and and previous sort of uh, genres like Final Fantasy Tactics, stuff like that. So it's a tactics game and it's done by VanillaWare. So the artwork is like this very unique, like hand-drawn sort of style. And um, it's like a strategy game. And like I said, no unicorns from what I can see in the <laughs> screenshots. But uh, it's I'm very much interested in seeing how this one plays. Uh, it looks the only thing about it that I'm somewhat worried about is it looks very complex. Um, and I'm not sure if that's gonna work for me, but the look and feel of it, I'm there. Like it looks so cool, but like, uh, it looks very complex. So I'm like, yeah, I might, I might have to force myself to like dig into it as opposed to like fire emblem. Like you can kind of like skim through the stats and just, you know, enjoy the journey but uh, Unicorn Overlord seems like one that you'll have to like really understand what's going on. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully it doesn't eat my brain alive when I try to play it. So <laughs> I'm curious. So you have this one and I think we were going to talk about it. It got announced or we got the first trailer at the uh, uh, Game Awards. And this is the casting of Frank Stone, which is a uh, Dead by Daylight story game from the folks behind Until Dawn. Supermassive. 
Yeah. And so I am very, very excited because obviously I loved Until Dawn. Um, and actually, that's another one of our, our stories tonight um, that we'll I'll just talk about now very quickly is Until Dawn is being made into a movie, which uh, I'm really, really excited about because it's being made by the the same kind of minds behind things like It and Conjuring and Annabelle and all some really, really, really good horror movies. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that because I think the Until Dawn story was great anyway. So I'm glad that it's going to be in some good hands. And I really can't wait for that to be a movie because I think it's going to be really, really fantastic. Until Dawn, the video game itself was already like movie-esque anyways. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's going to make a movie. I'm excited to see it. And uh, yeah, Until Dawn, obviously huge, huge fan. So the fact that those guys are now doing a DVD story is really, really cool. So I don't really know too, too much about it. Like basically all they've revealed so far is uh, what we saw at the Game Awards. They've done a, a quote unquote like deep dive, but one of those deep dives that they don't really give anything away. So you're like, how deep are you really diving? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, uh, casting a France, Frank Stone, which comes out this year, they uh, no release date as far as I know, but other than 2024, I am going to play the crap out of that game. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm very, very excited because like, DVD is, is really interesting because it's like this one universe that kind of encompasses all horror. And so the idea that they're trying to like um, give it a little bit more story, flesh it out. They've always had a lot of lore, but the lore is very much like hidden. It's like you can just you can go into DVD and you just get into your PvP game. Um, but if you actually like look at the characters, they all have these big long backstories. Like there's lots and lots of stuff actually in DVD, the game. But I feel like it gets overlooked by myself included. Like I couldn't tell you the story of DVD. Um, so I think them branching off into other realms to tell some of that story, like they've put a lot of work into creating the universe. I'm glad that they're, you know, being able to actually like tell it in a in a way that's maybe a little bit more conducive to story as opposed to the the PvP um asymmetrical game that they've got going on right now. Game is still great, still playing all the time, but yeah. I'm excited for a story based in the DVD universe. Yeah. It looks really cool. Like I love Super Giant's um not Super Giant, uh Super Massive setup of their sort of worlds and the look and feel of their games. So um, it, it seems like such it like, it's one of those instances where it's such a natural fit. You feel like you dreamed it, you know, in your mind, mm -hmm. like you're such a fan of both of these, you know, companies and properties that you're like, man, wouldn't it be so cool? And you wake up and you're like, Oh man, brain, you're too good. You're too good to be. <laughs> and then you're like, you realize like, Oh, it's a real thing. You know, like it just seems like, peanut butter and chocolate but mixed just so you know yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's good um so oh, i feel like a lot of my list has been like games that i'm curious about like and i and i'm mm -hmm. interested that's fair. dragon's dogma 2 is another one of those where i did not play the original but it is a new fancy looking uh rpg style game adventures uh action adventure rpg and it just um there's something about it it's like it looks really compelling um but i have no idea what i'd be walking into with it but uh it looks really really cool uh but it and it's out in march so it's got a it's got a date and everything it'll be out march 22nd and uh, we won't have to wait long to to hear more about it but 
it just it looks really cool. I mean, we'll see. Um, we'll see if I can get through all the other big titles that I've, I have on my list. Some games that are still like sitting in the other room waiting to be played, like Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm curious about Dragon's Dogma, too. It's it's one I'm going to be looking out for as it as it arrives in March. And then you've got one more thing on your list, right? Yeah, uh, this one. I don't know anything about it, but it looked really cool. It's uh, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's I think it's Ayudin Chronicle 100 Heroes. Um, and I included this one because like it's coming to Game Pass. It was a game that was kickstarted. Uh, Ryan, you don't have Game Pass anymore. I know. It's true. <laughs> It's true, but I can subscribe strategically now. I, I will be a <laughs> smart consumer uh, and turn off auto renew. <laughs> I, uh, it, so yeah, this one had like a prequel game that came out uh, also on Game Pass last year, sort of like a like a taste of what would come with the full game. Uh, but this one's out in April. It's out on Game Pass, and it is a uh, it is an RPG. Um, it's a sort of a, I think, I can't remember if it's a spiritual successor or a true sequel to like a, uh, a much beloved franchise. Um, I, again, I'd never played it, but it looks really interesting. And I guess the idea is like, it's an RPG where you have like your main characters, but like the gimmick is, is or maybe not gimmick, but the gameplay mechanic is, is that there are a hundred heroes like that you can collect and have in your party at any at, at a certain time so it sounds really interesting That's a lot of characters <laughs> yeah so i'm assuming there's you've got your like you know you've got your core party but you'll have um you know a hundred or so to to choose from uh to to sort of supplement in your party sort of like supporting characters or what have you but um yeah it is a uh it is a game that will be arriving in April. It was Kickstarted. It, it did very well on Kickstarter. I'm trying to see if I can find like what the franchise is that they are sort of basing it off of. I can't find it, but it looks really cool. And again, it'll be on Game Pass day one, so it'll be one I'll try just to just to check out. But yeah, mm-hmm. it looks interesting. Very cool. Um, well, I mean. You, you know, from last year, I said I'd play any Lord of the Rings game, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. We experienced that last year firsthand. We did, we did. And actually, there's two coming out this year. One I'm not that interested in, which is the uh, something about Moria, I think. Uh, it's, a, it's a dwarven one anyways. Um, and I'm probably not going to play that one. But because uh, I think that one's much more of like a survival crafting sort of style game, which uh, I can take it or leave it. So I'm probably not going to play that one. But the one I am interested in is actually a sim game called Tales of the Shire. And the reason I'm so interested in this one is that it's from Weta Workshop, who uh, if you're familiar with the Lord of the Rings movies from the early 2000s, Weta Workshop are the ones who like did all the character creation and all the miniatures and stuff. So I'm really curious to see like how they like end up creating like a video game because it seems like it was out of their realm of things that they did. But anyways, they're super involved. I'm really excited because like I said, I really, really love those early 2000 movies. So I think um, Tales of the Shire seems like it's going to be really, really cool. So and it's the same game and I love some games. So right up there on my list of things that I'm excited about. Um, and this last one I included as like almost a joke pick because I feel like this has been on my most anticipated titles for like 
probably six years now because it's been delayed that many times. I don't actually even know if they're going to make it in 2024. It's Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. So Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines was a game from like, I can't even remember when, like 2002, 2003, some, somewhere in there. And it was a great game. They announced they were going to do a sequel. Everyone freaked out because it's this kind of like cult following, cult classic type thing. Um, and so they announced the sequel. It was supposed to come out like, I feel like the last deadline or the last date we had was 2021. And even that was delayed from when it was supposed to come out in either 2019 or 2020. Like it's been delayed so many times. They uh, changed developers in 2021 and delayed the game. And then it was uh, finally announced in 2023 that they had a new developer for it. So it's supposed to now come out in late 2024, air quotes, for PlayStation 5, Windows, and Xbox. So I feel like this game is just never going to come out. It's been in development hell. When it does come out, it's either going to be the greatest thing ever or it's going to be a terrible shit show of randomly cobbled together coded crap it, there will be no in between <laughs> so, okay yeah i'm like again this has been they've told us it's coming out every year for the last like seven years so um yeah i'm pretty sure it's been on my most anticipated list that we've even talked about on this show many many times in the past so we'll see if it actually comes out this year I'm starting to get a little jaded and cynical <laughs> Well, you know what? I I think that this uh the 2024 list is um it, this early in the year, it's always hard to tell what will actually come. I yeah. think like maybe a third of the games we talked about actually have release dates and they're all yeah. in the first four in the months. first like 3 or 4 months, yeah. So, you know, and um I think for next week we will we will definitely have to share our thoughts on on what xbox had to show because they had several 2024 releases but i i know we we're already running long but yeah we're we're running um, long so. we'll definitely chat about that next week so folks don't think like man they they forgot about xbox no we love our xbox um i was just talking about game pass although i i guess my subscriptions i still love my xbox <laughs> i will resubscribe at least three times this year and that is a hint for next week there you go there you go there you go <laughs> If you would like to tell us what you are looking forward to for 2024, do head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord to join the conversation over there. You can also talk about the Pal World controversy because that's been... Don't worry, we already are. It's 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 happening. Yeah, I was going to say, it's been prevalent in the Discord. So if you want to continue that conversation, that's also happening over, over there. Again, that is bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. Or you can follow us over on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>